Hello there, and welcome to episode number 119 of Blue Jays World Update. I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and let's get you up to date. Alright, so on this week's episode, we're going to try and play baseball doctor here, if that's even a, a phrase uh, that's been coined, where we're going to try and diagnose and figure out what in the good name of Anthony Ghost is going on with Alec Manoa because I don't know if you've noticed you probably have considering most of you if not all of you follow the Blue Jays heavily uh, every single day he's struggling this year big Puma and uh, not by you know any sort of minor um, standard. It's been it's been a grind for Manoa here through the first eight starts of the season for him, where he's carrying a 4.83 ERA and a 5.71 FIP over his first 41 innings of the season, and there's been a lot of low points. Already, and we're not even through the first month and a half of the season. And yet, Manoa, who was a finalist, finishing third in the NL, Cy, or not NL, AL Cy Young Award uh, voting last year, uh, comes into this season hoping to uh, be a one-two punch with Kevin Gosman at the top of the Blue Jays rotation, and yet he struggled mightily out of the gate from a results standpoint, but also a process standpoint as well. And last time we spoke, it sort of seemed like Manoa was going to be able to be, it was on the way of being on the other side of these struggles where he tossed seven fantastic innings in the Bronx against the Yankees on April 22nd, uh, where he allowed just two hits and a walk and struck out five in a victory over the Yankees. Um, Actually, they squandered that game. The Blue Jays' offense didn't score him enough runs, so it wasn't a win for him. Uh, He got a no decision in that, unfortunately, but he pitched well enough that he should have earned a victory in that game and it seemed like that was going to be an outing where he could build off uh, from where he had his really good slider in that game he was pinpointing it uh, down and away to righties down and into lefties throwing that back foot slider to them Um, but he was met with another rough outing his next time out against the Mariners Uh, and it's been it, it snowballed ever since then again for him uh, where now after pitching or after tossing at least five innings in all of his starts last season we've seen him fail to finish five innings in three four of his eight starts so far this season And the numbers aren't great. I'm going to tell you, the numbers do not look good 
any which way you dice them for Manoa. We can scratch the surface here at first. And again, your eye jumps right to the 483 RA, the 577 FIP. But to me, one of the most concerning things with Manoa is all the walks. Because this is a guy who, in the minor leagues, control got away from him a little bit. And you saw that a lot in the hit-by-pitches. We saw that through his first two seasons in the majors, where he had 31 combined hit-by-pitches through his first two seasons. Um, but the walks were relatively okay. They, they were um, both below a 10% clip. This year, however, it skyrocketed to a 13.1% clip, which unfortunately ranks sec- or third highest in the majors among qualified starters this season. That ain't going to cut it. Um, and it also doesn't help that... The strikeouts are down at an alarming rate from Manoa this season, where he's carrying a 16.8% strikeout rate this season. That's down from his 22.9% rate in 2022. And he's also allowing a ton of contact this season to go along with those walks and strikeout issues, where his contact percentage has skyrocketed to an 81.4% clip. Uh, That's up from 77.4% this season. And what's even more concerning there is that hitters are swinging at fewer of his pitches, where his swing percentage is down to 45.3%. That's down from 49.4% in 2022. Um, And then obviously the home runs are concerning as well, where he's surrendered six home runs so far through eight starts. That's given him a 12.2% uh, home run to fly ball ratio, a 1.32 home runs per nine innings. Um, and obviously, after hearing all those results, you won't be surprised to hear that his opponent's average is at 265. His opponent's uh, BAPIP, Uh, batting average on balls in play is at 298, which isn't concerning. Um, Ironically, that's been one of the few uh, things, his bat bat, that hasn't really been all that alarming. It's certainly uh, higher, uh, much higher than it was in 2022 when it was at uh, uh, 244. But it's certainly uh, probably on the least uh, are probably towards the bottom of the totem pole uh, when it comes to concerning things with Manoa so far this season. So, yeah, like it has been probably the worst start to the season of his career, which, you know, understandably, it, it's not, uh, you know, it, it doesn't feature a, a wide um, or a large track record. Um, for us to look at and um, if, if any of you paid attention to any of the uh, preseason projections on Manoa, a lot of them were, were much lower um, and, and a, lot of, a lot of projections were down on him, um, particularly Fangraphs' uh, Zips uh, projection had, uh, had him 
enduring a lot of uh, regression from his uh, impressive 2022 season. They had him uh, at a 375 ERA, a 423 FIP, uh, and just above a, a two-win player. But by no means did they think he was going to struggle to this extent where he's looked like a shell of himself out there most of the time. Um, and again, the walks are, have been a, a concerning issue, but the swing and miss, arguably, has been his biggest weakness um, so far, where his strikeout rate ranks in the 18th percentile of the major leagues this season, his walk rate in the 13th percent, uh, percentile, and his whiff rate at a 15, in the 15th percentile. And that goes along with the fact that he's allowing a lot of hard contact um, at a 42.3%. That sits in the 29th percentile. Because of that, his expected numbers are in the basement. Uh, expected ERA slash expected WOBA, 10th percentile. Expected batting average, 19th percentile. Expected slugging, that's in the 20th percentile. And if we get back to the the strikeout issues here with the swing and miss, Manoa was almost automatic at getting either an out via uh, a, a ball in play or getting a punchy or a strikeout um, when he gets to two strikes. But so far this season, that has not been the case whatsoever. Where last season, for example, opponents hit just 145 against him in two strike counts. He posted a 42.3% strikeout rate and just a 5.6% walk rate. Um, but this season, opponents are hitting 258 against Manoa in two strike counts. 258! And his walk rate has jumped to 9.5%. His strikeout rate has gone in the opposite direction, down to 30.5%. And there's been a ton of balls in play against him as well during these situations. Evidenced by his 356 BAPIP. 356! That's almost 100 points higher than his batting average. So you would think he's endured a, some bad at ball misfortune and that will likely regress to more of the norm later in the season. But it also doesn't help that in two strike counts, he's already allowed three home runs. That's half as many as he allowed in these counts last year. Already, we're not even a month and a half through the season, and he's already surrendered half as many home runs during two strike counts than he did last year. When he made 31 starts. He's made 8 so far this year. That's not good. That's not good at all. There, like, there's, there's no such thing as count leverage with Manoa so far this season. That's a problem. That's a really big problem. It doesn't matter right now whether he gets ahead in the count or falls behind. Because runners are getting on base either way. So, and that's just, that's so damning because over the last two seasons, 
that has not been the case with Manoa. This is a guy who, even when he hasn't had his best stuff, which has been for the most part of this season, he's gone out there previously and given you at least five innings, giving your, putting your team in a position to win games. That We haven't really said that about Manoa this year. There have been a few times where, despite his velocity being down, particularly uh, his second start of the season in Kansas City, where... By far, he didn't have his best stuff, but he still went out there and executed and, and, and pitched seven innings. But time and time again this season, we've seen him go, go out there and struggle mightily to command his pitches. And it's not just been one pitch or the other. It's been every single offering that he's put out there where he's struggling to locate it in the strike zone. We see his two-seamer and his four-seamer missing over the heart of the plate. His four-seamer also has missed wildly out of the strike zone a lot this season where it's out-of-zone percentage is is up almost 10%. It's risen to 48.6% this season that's up from 41.8% in 2022 and to go along with that with his fastball missing outside the strike zone a lot more it's generating more walks or his four seamer I should say because he has two fastballs his slider as well has been so inconsistent it's by far been his worst pitch of this season early on where its run value is at plus 11 through eight starts and if we compare that number against the rest of the major leagues it has been one of the worst pitches in the sport this season it's plus a plus 11 run value is tied for the second worst in the majors it's allowing a, lot, a fair bit of hard contact, and it's not generating near anywhere near as many swings and misses as it did in 2022, where it posted a 31.8% whiff rate and a 27.7% strikeout rate. This year, it, it's carrying a 24.2% whiff rate and just a 15.4% strikeout rate. Like that that's third lowest amongst his pitches. His changeup has a higher strikeout rate and a higher whiff rate this season than his slider. That that's not good. That that's not good at all. Um, and as well, haters are destroying Manoa's slider. They're hitting 353 against his slider with a 7, a 735 slugging, and a 488 Woba. Now, some of that has been because of the poor location, but the other part of it has also been some unfortunate batted ball um, distribution, because if you look at his expected numbers, they're not terrible. Like, they're much lower than his... Um, traditional metrics where 
Uh, his slider is carrying a 234 expected average, a 464 expected slugging, and a 348 expected wOBA. That's still very poor, but they are significantly lower than the traditional results. So you would think at some point his overall numbers will regress positively on that slider but it also doesn't help either um, that hitters are generating a ton of hard contact against his four seamer and sinker whose uh, hard hit rates are both north of 40 percent his uh, the hard rate hard hit rate on his four seamer is nearly at a 50% clip, it's at 48.5% right now, um, so because of all that, hitters just aren't swinging at any of his pitches, really, and particularly the slider, which again is very troubling because that's his best swing and miss offering, and when you go from having a swing percentage of 50% in 2022 on that pitch down to just 42.7% this season the walks are going to go up right because you're throwing non-competitive pitches and if we look at the location here on all of his pitches it's pretty obvious as to why he's encountering all these issues his sinker and four seamer are both either missing over the heart of the plate or way outside and his slider same thing it's either down the middle or it's way off the plate low and out of the strike zone and it's basically a ball directly out of his hand so hitters don't even have to think about offering at it they see it out of the hand and they spit on it way before it reaches the plate he needs to throw a lot more strike the ball sliders so that he entices hitters to offer at it outside the strike zone and right now that's not happening and until it does we're not going to see that Alec Manoa from the past who was generating all these swings and misses against his slider so that brings me to another point and that is why is this happening? Why is Manoa suddenly this season been a completely different pitcher than what we've seen previously? Well, again, a large part of it is related to his command, where he's not dotting those sliders at the bottom of the zone, low and away to righties, down and into lefties he's not pinpointing his two-seamer inside arm side um, to righties and those front door two-seamers to lefties he's not locating his fastball in the upper half of the strike zone than he was or as much as he was last season because now when it is in the top half it's missing outside the strike zone and it seems like after looking into his uh, advanced metrics and his pitch mechanics, it seems like 
it's a mechanical issue for Alec Manoa because his four-seamer in particular is dropping lower into the strike zone. So it has more vertical movement, almost an inch more on average than it did a season ago. His slider isn't generating near as much horizontal break as it did in 2022. Its average uh, inches of break is down a few inches uh, from last season. And if we dig even deeper, we'll examine that his extension from the mound is farther than it was last season. And normally, that'd be a good thing because the farther away you are from the mound when you're releasing the pitch, the less time a hitter has to decipher which pitch is being thrown to them. But when a ball is already, when you're throwing a pitch and it's the hitter can read that it's a ball out of your hand, it doesn't matter how close you are to them. They're not going to swing at it. And it also leads me to believe, after looking at the differences in release points for Manoa, where he's releasing the ball closer to the ground and farther away from his body on most of his pitches, but especially his slider, it seems like his body is dragging from the mound. And what I mean by that is he's not coming off the mound as clean as he needs to be and like his the back half of his body is kind of like it's slow and not being able to catch up to the rest of his body and because of that he's trying it seems like at least he's trying to overcompensate with his arm which unfortunately is dropping it and is making his pitches less effective so it seems like I don't know if it's a physical issue, but it looks, again, just by judging by the differences in vertical and horizontal release points and his extension and looking at his inconsistent command on all of his pitches, it truly, to me, sounds like and looks like he needs to shorten his stride a little bit and be a little bit more athletic and, and clean up his delivery a little bit. Uh, I know the Blue Jays have repeatedly, including John Schneider, uh, suggest that it's not a mechanical issue for Manoa, but I just, I call BS on that. Just judging by the numbers, that would say otherwise. It, it looks exactly, if it's not injury related, you would think it's, it's mechanical, especially the fact that we're through eight starts here and we've only seen peak Manoa like once so far. Um, it just, it, it, it's, it's baffling that for a guy that was as dominant as he was through his first two seasons, um, for him to struggle to repeat his delivery as much as he has this season. Um, and again, if it's injury related, if he's dealing with some so, some sort of dead arm, um, that would explain the 
velocity being down a few ticks this season, um, where his four-seamer, it's a averaging 93.9 miles per hour. It's ranging like 90, or it was ranging 94, 95 last season. This year, um, it's down to 92.9 miles per hour, where it's it's ranging between you know 92, 93, occasionally 94, but we haven't really seen 95 from Manoa this season and, and the same goes with his two-seamer as well um, where its velocity has also been down a few ticks this season um, and and with his slider as well it's down a, uh, from 81.5 miles per hour last season down to 80.9 uh, miles per hour so it's odd because We saw it, I, I, I want to try and tie this into Kevin Gosman a bit too, because we have a, a decent amount of, of starts here to sort of gauge both Manoa and, and Gosman and the rest of the rotation here early on. And so far we've seen Gosman in particular excel much more when he's had an extra day of rest, where the stuff on his pitches have been much more explosive. Like the velocity has been up much higher on his slide or on his four seamer and his splitter um, on five days rest versus four days rest. And I just wonder, for whatever reason, that maybe Alec Manoa is experiencing a similar sort of situation to Gosman. Um, and maybe with an extra day of rest, his stuff would also play up a little bit better. Um, I, I, that might not address the mechanical issues that he's having, but if he's experiencing, again, fatigue or dead arm, an extra, uh, an extra day of rest may help him. Um, and, uh... You know, it might, it might help bring up the stuff on his pitches because so far, especially when you look at his slider, um, it's nowhere near as good as it was last season. If we look at Stuff Plus, um, it's carrying a 95 grade right now, and that's 5% below league average. Last season, it was at 11% above league average, um, and the location on his slider is down to a 93 grade right now. That's 5% lower than it was last season. Um, and, and we can look at his fastballs too. It's, it's very similar where the stuff is down this year um, considerably from where it was a season ago where um, his four-seamer, the stuff plus on it, uh, equals a 94 grade. The two-seamer, a 93 grade. Um, the changeup even, like that's been better, um, but it's not really a pitch he features a whole lot. He's had to throw it a bit more this season because his other pitches haven't been working for him. Like he's thrown um, 10 changeups to righties this season. He only threw 22 all of last season. So, um, and it's the mechanics on it, it's not a great pitch. Uh, it gets a good amount of horizontal break, um, but 
you know, it's 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 definitely his fourth best pitch, but out of necessity, he's had to use it more. But the problem is, getting back to the location part of it, he's leaving it up in the zone. It's been off the plate a lot of the time, but it's above the belt or at belt level. And even if you're a left-handed batter and you're seeing a changeup thrown away to you, you can easily just throw the bat out on it and flip it the other way. And for righties, if they recognize that it's a changeup early on, they can start uh, their swing a little bit earlier and get the barrel out on that changeup. And so far, that's basically what's happened against this changeup because hitters are, uh, or opponents are hitting 300 against his changeup so far this season. Um, so that's not really the answer. He can't really just uh, keep going to his changeup when other things aren't working, especially in two strike counts. That's not, um, that's not something that's going to work out for him, even though in a pinch it sort of has so far this season, but long term, that's not the answer. Um, so yeah, I mean, the options aren't great for the Blue Jays depth-wise if they were to even contemplate going to a six-man starting rotation right now um, because currently, like, your options for that six-starter are, like, what? Zach Thompson, Drew Hutchinson, Thomas Hatch, because uh, Yasfer Zulueta has struggled at AAA. Not to mention, this is a wholly, wholly, uh, completely different uh, topic here. But most of, of the Blue Jays' farm system has struggled through the first month plus of the season. Um, so dipping into that pool, probably not the best idea. And we're still likely a few months away from even thinking about inserting Hunjin Ryu back into the starting rotation. He hasn't even began a rehab assignment yet. So um, again, we're still probably at least months away. Like I don't expect Ryu to make any sort of return until after the All-Star break at the earliest. And at the same time as well, who knows what kind of version you're gonna get out of Hunjin Ryu when he does eventually return because I know it's been a while since we've seen Ryu in action with the Blue Jays, but if you remember, he wasn't all that great before um, injuring his elbow last season. So um, I don't really love the idea of going to a guy who featured a 567 ERA and a, a 478 in six starts last season um, even if that were to buy you an extra day for Gosman and Manoa so short of an external acquisition or you know Ricky Tiedemann coming up at some point but he's currently on the mend with biceps uh, inflammation so uh, we probably won't see him back in action for a few weeks. And with Zulueta struggling um, to command his pitches in AAA, 
he doesn't look like a short-term option by any means. Um, Sem Rubers is enjoying probably the best performance for a Blue Jay minor leaguer um, so far this season, but he's a young arm and I don't think you want to rush him to the majors either. So um, we might be looking at a point where the Blue Jays are searching for a back end of the back end starter at the deadline so that they could um, give their, their, their starters some rest. I mean, uh, Mitch White could could possibly be an option. Um, he's currently on a rehab assignment. I believe he's going to make another start for Buffalo either on Friday or Saturday. I don't think that's been determined just yet. But um, with so many arms in the bullpen not featuring minor league options, even putting him back on the roster is going to be a tough thing because Mitch White himself doesn't have any minor league options left. And Adam Simber is on a rehab assignment as well currently. He made his first appearance down in Dunedin on Thursday. So I wouldn't think he's too far off from being ready to be activated either. But I'm sure the Blue Jays will try and stretch that out as long as possible. Um... Obviously, you can send Jay Jackson back to the minors whenever there's a need to do so, but that only solves one pitching question. I mean, when you have to send down another pitcher, it gets a little tricky because right now I don't really want to send Nate Pearson back to the minors. He's arguably um, been one of your better relievers lately, uh, even though his last appearance didn't go all, all that great. In Philadelphia but I think the fact that he can give you multiple innings and the stuff that he features absolutely plays at this level um, I don't really want to send that type of arm back to Buffalo when you're seeing much of the bullpen not prove all that reliable aside from you know Romano Swanson Meza who's pitched extremely well um, for his standards lately and uh, you know has been basically automatic against left-handed hitters this season right righties is a different story but um, you know we, we've seen Anthony Bass struggle mightily on the mound and he's a guy who will be a free agent at the end of the year he's not making all that much money does so uh, he doesn't have any minor league options, so um, if push comes to shove, right now it's probably not a discussion the Blue Jays are having, but if his struggles continue and we get to the point where we're later in the season and both Mitch White and Adam Simber are ready to come back to the majors, if Nate Pearson is pitching well, I would very seriously um, consider DFA Anthony Bass because he's probably a guy you're not going to bring back after this season anyway so I would much rather see Nate Pearson stay on the roster rather than Anthony Bass and I hate cutting loose a pitcher who has a history like he does 
so early in the season, but at the same time, too, you have to focus on winning games. And right now, Anthony Bass is not helping you win games right now. And if that doesn't change, if he doesn't start commanding his slider more effectively and his other pitches too, I mean, Blue Jays are going to be in a very tough situation, Um, especially with a Chad Green possibly coming back in the second half of the season. You're going to have to make room for him. Um, And you you can't afford to squander any potential wins given the, the the juggernaut division that you're in in the AL East where despite the Blue Jays being at 21 and 16 they're currently eight games out of first place because the Tampa Bay Rays have just been in a in, in um, a division of their own basically where they're at 30 and 9 so far and the Orioles have been much better than almost anyone predicted where they're sitting in second place at 24 and 13 the Red Sox I don't think their early season run is sustainable uh, given their just poor starting rotation and I think their offense is due to regress to some extent later on but at the same time, you got to think the Yankees have a surge in them. They're not going to spend the entire season dead last in the division. I just think their roster is better than that, despite all the injuries they've endured so far. Um, but if you're a team that, that like the Blue Jays, who has um, desires to, to win the division or at least make a strong run at it, you're going to need your bullpen and your starting rotation for that matter because offensively, this isn't a team that is struggling um, all that much to produce runs. Like, by no means has offense been an issue uh, or has been the biggest issue for this team so far. It's been the pitching. It's been the starting rotation and at times um, bridging that gap to Romano and Swanson at the back end of the rotation. So, again, it gets back to Manoa because it has a trickle-down effect. If Manoa can start giving the Blue Jays quality innings more consistently, that helps the bullpen because if he's able to go out there on a regular basis and give them six innings, allowing, I don't know, a few runs maybe, that means you can bring in your high leverage guys immediately. And that's less work for the bullpen to do. That takes stress off your offense, who has to try and outscore your issues. So it has a major trickle down effect throughout the roster. And right now, at least, surprisingly, Manoa's been the weak link in a rotation that features Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi. No one expected that going into the season where Barrios and Kikuchi would be pitching with more confidence and more effectiveness than Manoa through a month plus of the season. So um, I do think Manoa is capable of working through these mechanical issues. We know it's in there, right? We saw it 
in his start against the Yankees last month where he still has the stuff that that has not left him it's just been trying to work through his mechanics and again if it's injury related if it's dead arm you probably have to nip that issue in the bud right now so it doesn't linger on through June and July and the dog days of the summer where especially considering this current stretch the Blue Jays are about to endure where they're not going to see another off day for basically the rest of the month. I believe after these la- after these two previous off days they've had in between uh, the start of the Philly series and the end of it, we're going to see the Blue Jays play 17 games in 17 days. And what also isn't going to help is that those games are going to come against the Atlanta Braves, the New York Yankees, the Baltimore Orioles, a trip down to the Trop to play the Rays, and the Minnesota Twins. All those teams are playing really, really good baseball so far this season. And the Blue Jays aren't going to get another off day until May 29th. So... We're going to really see how much Manoa's struggles are related to either mechanical or something else, whether it's fatigue or any other um, ailment that he might be encountering. We're going to see that during this stretch. Um, and, And hopefully the results end up being better than what we've seen from Manoa through his first eight starts, but if they're not, uh, it's, it's going to be a long 17-game stretch, you would think, for the bullpen, who have been worked pretty heavily leading into this stretch that has seen them earn two off days this week. So the Blue Jay starters need to give their bullpen some length. And hopefully we see some of those relievers, namely uh, Jimmy Garcia, pitch a little bit better during this stretch because they're going to need somebody to bridge the gap. They're going to need multiple guys, actually, to bridge that gap to Romano and Swanson, who can't just ho-hum go out there every single day, pitch back-to-back days, and be the same effective shutdown relievers that they've been up to this point so far this season and we sort of saw that at the end of the Phillies series where Romano blew the save Um, now he he didn't have much a a ton of help behind him but we've already sort of gotten a glimpse of how these relievers could struggle and can struggle when they're a little bit taxed the effectiveness goes a bit down um, and consider again the fact that they're they're not going to have any sort of break over this next stretch um, that the Blue Jays need to find a way to be able to not solely rely on Romano and, and Swanson in high leverage spots they need other, other guys to help out whether that's Meza, Garcia, Pearson or somebody else who I haven't even mentioned they need those guys to step up here But again, it will help if their starters give them some length.
So that does it for this week's episode. Hope all of you will join me next time for another edition of Blue Jays World Update. But until that time, I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and now you're up to date. And please remember, wear a mask and wear it properly. Thanks for listening.